Well, hello. Hello there. We are here. This is Markel. And this is Ronnie. And this is the Ronnie and Markel Makeup Podcast Show. But this is a very, very special episode. We have a special gift for our audience out there. Uh, we are talking to you at the beginning of our very first sponsored episode. Uh, our sponsors this week uh, for this episode is going to be none other than uh, the High School of Art and Design, and they are hosting a big event. It's their second annual one. It's called Fanfare NYC, and it's happening in none other than NYC uh, at the High School of Art and Design. This episode has some very special guests on it, none other than the wonderful the beautiful, the glorious, <laughs> the beautiful, the beautiful, uh, Neil Adams and Larry Hama and Larry Hama legends and comics themselves. If you don't know them, then you better Wikipedia them right fucking now because they are <laughs> they, they, the living they, legends. They have influenced comics in a big way in different aspects. Uh, they're going to be at the pop culture art festival on February 16th and 17th in New York city. Absolutely. And we are, got a chance to speak to these beautiful gentlemen. Uh, and they told us a uh, few stories about being in the biz. Uh, stay tuned because Neil, Neil Adams is actually going to give some very, very good advice on how to make sure that you take care of yourself as an entrepreneur, or as an artist. And that's one of the big things behind this event. Um, but we're going to let you go ahead and listen to the op- episode here uh, because we just know that you cannot wait to sp- listen to Neil. But of course, you don't you don't uh, forget about us. We're here too. We're going to oh, be in and there. And we also got to give a wonderful, wonderful shout out to uh, Miguel Chavez, uh, one of the uh, coordinators of this beautiful event. Once again, that event is the Fanfare NYC. Uh, Pop Culture Art Festival. It is February 16th and 17th. You can still buy tickets. Tickets are $15 for one day, $20 for uh, the two day pass, which is a fucking steal. A steal. Come because, on. $10 come a on. Day. Like, New York Comic Con is normally what? Like $50, $60 after a day taxes? now. And this event is going to be on 245 East 56th Street in New York, New York. That's 245 East 56th Street, New York, New York. Now, listen here. There's not only... You're going to hear two of the major guests that are coming up on this episode here. But let me just give you a few little nuggets real quick. This event is going to have some other stars. There's going to be one of Marvel's writers, uh, uh, up-and-coming star, uh, Vita Ayala. Uh, Mark uh, Bailey's going to be there. Amy Chu's going to be there. Uh, Adam Kubert is going to be there. And none other than he's he's dedicating a he dedicated a glass mural at the school. It's fucking beautiful and it's wonderful. None other than Mouse's own uh, Pulitzer Prize winner, own Art Spiegelman. Like uh, this dude's gonna just, be there. You just gotta come just to see the the spectacle that he created for the school. It's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful mural. So just from just you know what, if you forget about anybody else that's there, because there's tons of other guests that we haven't even mentioned, and we're gonna be there too. Don't forget about us. We'll be there. We'll be giving out prizes. We'll be doing yeah, you can some look trivia. For us. Look for us there. We will have a booth in one of the uh, sections there as well. And, of course, as always, we're going to be there uh, doing some live interviews, doing live parts of the show. So you get a chance to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of our up-and-coming uh, beginning, our first videos that you will see up on our new brand spanking new YouTube channel. So we're very excited about that. So a lot of stuff to come. This episode you're listening to now has dropped 
uh, on Monday, which is where you're listening to it, or any other day of the week. But if you are anywhere near the New York area, again, on February 16th and 17th, from, stop from by 10, here. From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., yeah, by the way. Stop There's by It's going to be portfolio reviews, cosplay contests, you know, all that good stuff. And if you want to get your tickets in advance online, you can go to Fanfare is for me. Oh, no, wait. Fanfare is for dot me. See, look at that. We even got Ronnie reading. This is fantastic. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and take it on to the new a new episode of Ronnie and Markel Make a Podcast featuring special guests Larry Hama and, and Neil Adams. Goodbye. Hey guys, here we are. This is, once again, the Ronnie Markel Make a Podcast Show. We are here uh, with some very special guests. Uh, as always, I'm Markel. And, and I'm Ronnie. And we're uh, pretty much here to promote uh, a very convention that's coming up, a very exciting one uh, that's coming up called Fanfare in NYC. Uh, it's going to come up on February 16th and 17th. There's some very special guests that will be there. That We have them in the studio, and you're going to get a chance to hear from them today. Uh, but the guy that's also here making it happen, uh, we have uh, Miguel here, and he's going to tell you a little bit about um, how we got th- this whole show together. And Miguel's last name is? Miguel. Miguel Chavez. Miguel Chavez. I didn't want anyone to know that. I gotta give a better intro. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're responsible that you gotta know. The phenomenal Miguel. Gotta know your name. Absolutely. So, uh, here we are. So, tell us a little bit. Uh, wait, before we jump into Miguel, we want to tell you who are the special guests in the room. Uh, if there was a Mount Rushmore of comic books, uh, legends that are there. There uh, is one that exists. Yes, yeah. right. There, there is there a is comic book exists. Mount Rushmore. I know, right? It's in New Jersey, right? You have to cross the swamps of Jersey. <laughs> oh! You go across God. the bridge, you pay <laughs> the toll. If you can put up with the stank there. Then <laughs> <right> there. <laughs> you get Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Joe Kubert, yeah. and Neil Adams. Yeah, sculpted out of cream cheese. That's right. Sculpted out of cream cheese. And butter. And butter. <laughs> and, and butter. And butter. But you guys will definitely be on there. And guys, if uh, we have uh, Neil Adams here uh, in the studio. Uh, if you don't know him, again, who are you? you? Don't, yeah, who <laughs> are you? Really? How do you, you obviously don't read comics. You don't read comics. And Larry Hama. And Larry Hama is here. Uh, this the king. Week, if anyone doesn't know him, obviously, he's all he's done everything that you love about G.I. Joe uh, and all other men of, of comics. Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare. He's Bucky. the creator. He's this is Bucky O'Hare. I had... Every last one of those action figures as yes, a kid. Yes, we're and we're doing new ones. We're doing new ones uh, that are highly articulated. What? So you can pose them. That even the toes bend. The toes bend. The knees bend. Well, Everything you already bends. got my money. Will, will the toe <laughs> be made of cotton? Will we? No. <laughs> <wait. laughs> their the nostrils dilate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. it's amazing. The, and uh, and the. Uh, People are setting already setting up dioramas. If you you can go on the internet, you can see dioramas with these characters, and they're waiting for us to you know produce more toads and stuff. The price is higher than the than the old ones that used to be you know in Toys R Us, and they yeah, were like yeah. six bucks. These are like more collector items, correct? Yeah. And so they they're incredibly poseable. So you people set up dioramas of Bucky O'Hare toys. This is really great. I'm We're like, you already have my money. I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> so take my money. My wallet's already open. It's <laughs> I, I'm amazed at the collectors and how, how they love these things. And they, for me, 
it's like, oh, why didn't we do that back in the day? I mean, this, these are great. You can even see them on the shelf. I know, Pete, your audience can't see them, but see the ones on the left, those are the, those the articulated ones. Uh, the ones on the right yeah. are just like, they're just nice, you know, they rotate and do little things, but the ones on the left are really, you can pose them and wow. shoot your brother. You could choke on the accessories too. That's right. Uh, uh, <laughs> that would be beautiful. That's allowed. <laughs> loud. You can choke. Don't give them to little kids. No, they're they're fantastic. And they and these guys came up with this packaging where you can take the toy out, you can take out the back sheet of, of uh, cardboard that holds it. And you yeah. take it out, you take the toys out, then you can put them back in, you can slide the cardboard back in, fold the plastic back on, and put it up on your wall as if you hadn't bought it yet. Oh my gosh, so the just whole, like, oh. it's just like, it's all these new ideas that are uh, coming out, are, they're applying to Bucky O'Hare. This is a, a small company that, uh, uh, they're called Boss Fight, mm -hmm. and they used to, the, most of the guys there used to work for Hasbro. Oh. And they were, in, in a weird way, when you work for a big company, kind of held back. Yeah. And so these guys left, and now they're not held back anymore. So they have their own uh, figures, and then they decided to take out the first license was Bucky O'Hare, because when they worked at Hasbro, they worked on Bucky O'Hare. And it's just, just to get their hands on it, you know, was fantastic for them. So they're, they're just as gung-ho as we are. It's, uh, they're just great toys. Well, that's nice. amazing. I don't even know why we're talking about toys. And I apologize, <laughs> but I get a little carried away. No, it's totally fine. Well, um, segueing that, you could possibly pick up toys at a wonderful, cool event that's coming up next week called Fanfare NYC, which true. both Neil and Larry will be that's right. uh, guest attendants at. That's right, and graduates of the alumni. Alumni, No, and I, you know, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of kids that have, my kids have gone through uh, uh, that school. My son Josh is going uh, went there. Oh, wow. And uh, my granddaughter, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 my, my mouth, uh, Jane. Jane is going there uh, now. So we're very, very attached to the school. And uh, it's not that we're attached to the school. We've watched the school grow. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, as Larry said uh, a little bit earlier when we were off the air, it used to be a Civil War hospital. Uh, especially the annex, the other, the second one. I don't know if it was Civil War hospital, but it existed in, during the Civil War times. They had low ceilings. You bash your head on the ceiling as you go through the door jams. <laughs> and uh, but it was worth going because uh, it was. Uh, now I know this isn't true, okay, but I thought I always thought that it was the only vocational art high school in the country. Now, I heard there was another one somewhere in the Midwest or in the South, mm. but the idea that a high school teaches art the way you would learn it in a college mm -hmm. it was phenomenal because you could go, uh, because uh, artists are uh, a different stripe than, uh, than um, other people uh, for the most part. You want to be an artist at a very young age for the most part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, but most people. And, they, and they're drawing from the time they're five years old or earlier. And so by the time they get to high school, they want to express their muscles and they want to learn stuff. They don't want to wait until college. You're not, you know, waiting to become a lawyer. Yeah. You're not waiting to become a doctor. <laughs> you want to draw. Correct. And so to have a high school to teach, I left high school. When I left high school, I became a professional. I didn't go to college. I, one, I couldn't afford to go to college. But two, I had no interest in it because I was at that point professional. The school had allowed me to develop in such a way that I learned all these skills that I could apply to what I did, and then and other skills that I didn't want to learn, 
but I did learn and turned me into a much better artist. For example, they put me in a fashion class. Mm. I hate fashion. <laughs> did ha hate fashion. I don't hate fashion now. Now I'm a fashion illustrator when the time comes, if somebody asks. Uh, and I've made money doing fashion illustration. So you, you, uh, the opportunities in this school are, you, you, you can't even imagine that. I mean, when somebody talks about high school, they talk about high school. They don't talk about an art high school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the last two years, I don't know how it is now, but the last two years, it's half a day doing academics and half a day doing art. That's, I don't know how you have your periods, but four periods for academics and four periods for art. I could take the academics and throw them out the window because <laughs> I just cared about the art. But the idea of, of you as a teenager being able to draw for half the day, it was like that when you were there. It's, well, yeah, and it was also that the, you had teachers that, you know, were actually, had been working professionals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had Bernie Krigstein for an illustration teacher who was... Uh, Probably like, yeah, one of the greatest uh, comic book artists ever. Uh, one of the most lived. influential yeah. EC artists ever. I mean, he created stuff. He did one story where he created almost every trick that's that's used in comic by, by modern comic the artists. The Master Race story? Yeah, the Master yeah. Race. Master he just yeah. invented it all in that one, one story. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, they had, uh, you know, wonderful teachers and, and, and pretty good facilities. You know, the, the version I went to it was a six-story building with escalators. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. And, uh, and oh. a smoking terrace. Oh, oh my wow. God. So you're talking about the 57th Street yeah, on 2nd yeah. Avenue. Yes, they, okay. they had a, a terrace above the cafeteria. Right. And at after, after, after lunch, you could go out there and, like, you know, Light up. <laughs> we had five. We had five stories of stairs. Where and uh, leading us down the stairs was Ronald Canagata screaming all the way down the stairway. <laughs> and Ronald, if you're out there, I remember you. <laughs> so it was a very different. We we in effect went to the same school but different schools. And you guys go to an even different school, much better. I mean, I walk into your classrooms and you just lined up with computers, and boy, that's the way to do it. <laughs> well, I can certainly speak as a parent of my son as a senior there now. I can. This is what to me is so heartening is that those same traditions exist right now. There's still that same uh, ethos or whatever you would want to call it. The culture and everything is still there, which is what makes this so and endearing. That, and, you know? and the and the hole that that fills is is that. Uh, there are people who, you know, you, you, you'll talk to a lawyer and he'll say, well, I did this and I did this and I did this and I went to this law school. It'll always be after college for the most part. Maybe he was interested in law because his dad was interested in law. Yeah. But those damn geeky artists, they, <laughs> they want to draw from the time you, they, you, you get them out of diapers. And they love to draw. And they're all over the country. I mean, I go to conventions all the time. I'm going to one a couple weekends from now. And uh, I talk to kids from, that are 12 years old. They want to learn how to, how to use this tool or how, how to use that tool. Their parents come up just glowing and telling me how they're the greatest artists in the world mm -hmm. and they can do anything and they can draw anything. And the terrible, uh, terrible uh, part about it is you never want to say the bad things. You always want to say the good things. Yeah. But if I were to say the very best thing, I would say move to New York and go. <laughs> 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 because this is a school to go to. To a public school. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's the amazing <laughs> thing about it. It's a public school. It doesn't cost a dime. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys are in a school where it doesn't cost a dime, and you, you have the best teachers and the best school in the world. I'm not talking about the best teachers and the best school in New York. I'm talking about the world. I don't know right. any other place, and right. I've traveled. They don't have this. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And you can doesn't spend half, half the day doing your passion instead of doing That's a bunch right. of curriculum that you could. I mean, I I, yeah. I hope that I hope that uh, it gets through to the students that uh, this is something not to waste, because yeah. if you leave school as a as a high school student as I did, mm-hmm. you can come into the into the field and start drawing pictures. You may want to go <laughs> on to college, and there are good colleges, but yeah. you can leave high school and do it. And lots of guys do it. Yeah, lots of guys do it. Well, and again, I can report from the field because being part of the PTA, I invite back graduates. I tell them I want them to come and talk about their experiences so that the parents and the students get to hear. And it's very interesting, the demarcation line between the kids who leave. Well, I don't want to call them kids now. Now they're adults. And they form their studios. They like they go out, they made friends, they make their own studios, and then there are the folks who went to college, and the college kids, I mean, not to say that there's anything Bad. negative about college, yeah. but Correct. frequently that freshman year, they're like, I'm bored. I've already, I'm doing things, yeah. I'm being tasked to do things in freshman year, I already did them in high school. And it just shows the level of, like you're saying, you know, it's like a... No, the truth is, the truth is between you, me, and the fence post, is that this is like a college. Yeah. It's a high school that's like a college. You're learning right. college-level stuff mm-hmm. from college-level people, teachers. The yeah. teachers are the best. And uh, we're going to get to talk about it at, the, at this convention we're going to go to because we got uh, ex, we got alumni. We have students that are coming in that are some people are going to have their portfolios and get portfolio reviews, and we're going to have little talks. But this is going to be more than just a convention. And and I have to say that. Uh, if you're in New York or in the New York area, New York tri-state area, isn't that what we say on the yeah. tri-state <laughs> <laughs> New York tri-state right. area? And you went to went to this school, or even you went to other art schools, mm-hmm. uh, DeWitt Clinton or these other schools, uh, come to this convention. You're going to have a great time. It's our it's a private little wonderful place to come and to communicate with professional artists and to find out what it's really like. And uh, and what it's really like is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I, I love the fact that um, for a convention like this, this is, uh, I, I find that so many artists that I meet, being an artist myself, uh, that there are not a lot of people who are prepared from an entrepreneurial standpoint for this, this world. How to, you know, understand that, hey, you know, a friend of yours wants you to draw something for them, and it's like, oh, and then you say, oh, I want to charge you. They're like, you want to charge me? Like, for what? Why? What do you, mm-hmm. They don't understand. You know, you just draw a few, like, little pretty pictures, right? I like those. Like, no, this is what I do for a living. So to get somebody started at the high school level with, a, with this is such a great opportunity, and that for this convention to be, you know, in its second year is, is such a great thing to just add on to the legacy of the school, so... Yeah, we, we have some panels where we uh, carry it over from the first year. Uh, and uh, in my personal life, I'm a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, if we're going to do something, let's give them. So we have, like, panels about freelancing. We have, like, accountants and lawyers and folks telling them, like, you know, defend yourself. Know, you yes. know, when you go out there that this is how, this is what the job market is like. Don't be those people that think that, oh, I got to give away my stuff for free. Correct. You know, you have to, you have to definitely... Um, cut, you know, get cut a little bit 
you know, toughen up, get some scar tissue there, but then at some point you start to request. And I know that when we had that interview with Neil, he kind of brought that up too. It's like, you know, it's a lot about defending yourself and being smart, surrounding yourself with smart people. Get it on paper. Get it on paper, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ever paper trail. That's what Ed Price told me when, uh, when DC wanted me to hand in stuff uh, right. without, without coming up with the uh, creator contract. Right. And uh, they said, well, you know, don't you trust us? <laughs> and Ed said, a, a, a spoken agreement is worth the paper it's written. <laughs> right. so, uh, he, he refused to let me sign any, uh, to hand over anything. That's why we ended up at Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's, there's this one, uh, I can tell you, I'll give you a concrete example we the second year we there was one student who uh, wanted to um uh, uh create a mascot for us and mm -hmm. I, i'm like that's fantastic it's great i'm not going to take it until i get you to sign a piece, a, of, paper. A piece of paper and she was like no 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 i'll just do it so no 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 and we had pro bono lawyer parent draft a thing so that i said and i'm going to i'm going to give her a check her name is, is michaela torres i think she's going to make it she's got such passion and she drew this mascot for us, the con artist. You know, <laughs> That's nice. Isn't that funny? So, it, and um, and we, it's a six-page thing. I said, well, we will always credit you. It's you know, but it's now it's our property. But you know, you get to. It's this great. I and I told her this is how it's going to be. Well, that's an actual lesson. I mean, what's yeah. good about that story is it's a lesson in how yeah. to comport yourself when you get out there in the world. And you have to learn it in the school that you're at. That's, again, another important thing about if, you, if this high school, in effect, takes the, takes the place of a college or takes the place of uh, training in a studio, <coughs> it has to teach business practices. And there have to be, you have to know how to comport yourself when you're out there in the business world. You have to know what you're going to sacrifice, and you have to know at, wh at what point the sacrifice stops and it turns into a business arrangement. It's always a business arrangement. Is it also um, <laughs> at the school? Maybe a crappy one, but it's a business. <laughs> do they uh, teach you about like rejection or criticism as well? Because you know that could you got to be. Well, that's the important. That it. Well, the thing about having professionals to teach you is that they tell you all these things. You know, that everybody has a rejection story. Yeah. Larry. Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too, too many to cite. Too many. Um, well, that's the thing is that you have to be able to uh, take take the rejection, and um, but the, there's two facets to that. You know, there there are people that like uh, uh, just blank out any sort of negative reaction to your stuff, but. You know, if you do that all the time, you, you just don't grow. You know, you have to be able to take constructive criticism, you know. But uh, there are everybody that, that, that uh, I knew that really became good were people that could take that criticism and, and take it to heart, you know. Um, you know, the truth, is that, the truth is that criticism is one of the great teachers because yeah. if, you take a, if you take a wrong attitude, you it's sort of like spitting in the soup before you take it out to the yeah. to the customer. <laughs> you know, you get pissed off at the customer. Well, you what know, you should do, what you should logically do, is is make a better soup. 
Look, I, I, when I was working for Wally Wood, you know, I worked for him for like about three weeks before I got the courage to say, gee, could you take a look at my, my, at my other stuff, you know, my, 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 uh, my book. And he looked at me and he said, listen, I'll tell you when it stops sucking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, that's what I dealt with, you know, with, with Reality my, check. my first yes. mentor, you know, who was very tough, but also very supportive. You know, he, he showed me how to do it instead of just saying, no, that's, you know. But then I sat next to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you my one of one of my worst rejection stories is, but it's a great story. Uh, I worked in a studio uh, with Elmer Wexler. Elmer Wexler is a good professional artist from Connecticut. Most of you don't know who he is, but he's a very good, standard, solid artist. And he worked in a studio with a with another bunch of guys who were just a little bit kind of wacky, mm -hmm. and would be we'd be listening to jazz all night and smoking cigarettes. And Elmer Elmer would come in in the morning at eight thirty from his train in Connecticut and he'd come in and he'd work until 4.30 and then he'd get up and he'd get go to the train and take the train up to Connecticut. Every day, no matter what, no matter what, you could hold a gun to his head. He'd get up and he'd go, well, he's ex-Marine. <laughs> kick your ass around it. I'm just saying, he would go. And I'm looking at the other people in the studio who you know, were smoking cigarettes and listening to jazz records. Nothing wrong with jazz records, what I'm saying. He had an organized life. He had a sensible, organized life. He was very disciplined, very organized. And in a weird way, he wasn't that talented. The other guy, Howard Nostrand, that I was working with and doing backgrounds and penciling, all kinds of stuff, was more talented than, El than Elmer. But even Howard didn't know it <laughs> because <laughs> Elmer was so professional and right. so fantastic. Then when my stint at that studio ended about three months later, I did a sample to go to for, for me to take to a company called Johnstone and Cushing, who did comics for advertising, and I wanted to get in there. And so I did the sample Sunday page uh, piece of a com comic book art, and I took it into Elmer. Okay. I wouldn't take it into Howard. Why? Because he didn't respect himself enough, but Elmer respected himself. And I took it into Elmer and I showed it to him. He was nice enough to look at it. He looked at it. And he said, I don't think the day is long enough for me to tell you everything that's wrong. He was being nice. <laughs> and, he was, well, being, and, and being honest. I, 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 went, I went on Christmas Day to an advertising agency because they wanted six maiden form bra comps. And this is the, the, so Neil sicked me on, it was this agency they would do a lot of stuff for, right? Well, we're paid double time and a half oh, wow. on Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Wow. Yeah. Right. So I said, hey, double time and a half, okay. <laughs> I could have Christmas dinner late. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. I go in and I'm, you know, doing these six cups. And then all of a sudden I realize there's this person standing in back of me looking over my shoulder. And it's some art, you know, a, a woman art director. Right. She doesn't address me. She yells out to go to the room. Who the heck hired this guy? <laughs> he's wow. drawing. He's drawing tatas the size of watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and I'm like, but it's it's 
the bra ads. (laughs) (laughs) You goddamn comic book artist. (laughs) (laughs) So she started, and she was so abusive, you know, and she wasn't even talk. she would refuse to talk to me directly, you know, it was like, you you have to treat you like a human being. This this guy, you know, this person here. this idiot? The one sitting in that disc (laughs) over there, you know, filling up space. Yeah, so I just packed up my stuff and I said, okay, you know, I I don't care. Two and a half, uh, you know, rate and a half, double rate and a half, forget it. I'm going, I'm out of here. So I go home. Fifteen minutes after I get home, the phone rings. And it's the creative director. What's his name? Marco or something? What was his Too long ago. To yeah. <laughs> and he says, oh, where are you? Where are you? We're fucking. I said, I said look, I, and I, you know, like this, this, this art director came over and, and, and you know, said, started really being abusive and said, you know, the, the breasts were too large, you know. And he said, Come back. We'll pay you triple time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, wow. And we'll keep her on a different floor. Right. We'll keep her uh, away from you. <laughs> just draw the boobs smaller. <laughs> oh, he didn't care about that. He said, just, just finish just the finish <laughs> But, you know, that's... That's what you you're know, running but that's, ha- that's an example of how yeah. some, sometimes people treat you, you know, even on the job, you know... Um, and you just gotta, you know, deal with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He's Larry Hama. I'm Neil Adams, and they treat us like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know who I am? And you know, you can't do that. You can't say, "Do you know who I am?" Okay. <laughs> no. They're treating you like shit. Yeah. Like, okay. What 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 would you like me to do? I mean, just tell me what you want me to do. If I'm doing it wrong, just let me let me know. And if you do, and if you. If you uh, if you act a little bit humble and a little bit quiet, then suddenly later on it goes around. This guy's fucking Larry Hama. You know what you're saying to, to Larry Hama? If you're, you know, it, it floats and it goes different ways, different times. It yeah. doesn't. And so you hope that your reputation will carry you over these things. But the truth is that you get so- socked in the gut a lot, no matter what. Sure. And uh, you know, I kn- I'm known in comics. I'm not known. I'm not an entity in advertising. And yet, our studio has done a tremendous amount of advertising work, and and uh, it's only until some guy walks in the room or it goes comes into a meeting and goes, "Is that Neil Adams, Is the comic book guy?" Holy <laughs> Christ! <laughs> you got Neil Adams here? <laughs> Holy sh! And they, and the, uh, everybody else in the room looks, "Who the hell is Neil Adams?" <laughs> I've run into that too. Right. I, I went to, I went to do storyboards at the, for the on the Sopranos back back. Back then, I, I walked in and I'm, I'm working on this stuff, and these two guys from the art department come by and wait. Go, wait, are you Larry Hama? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They go, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here in our shithole? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, this time is, and a half. It's work. You <laughs> water, like you bottle water, like not the. But there's, a, but there. I mean, the whole point of, of it is that you really have to learn to handle rejection, and you have to, and you have to ride over it. I mean, the the logical way to deal with rejection is to make it better, not to make it worse, not to spit in the soup. Uh, it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a way to deal with things. And anybody who graduated from my studio knows that's the way to do it. You don't graduate from my studio. You just at some point you go out and do better. Uh, but the people in my studio, anytime th- there's there's a criticism, our attitude is, hey, just make it better, make it better, 
then you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to take that rejection seriously because you know what? Maybe he was right. Screw it. I'll just make it better. And you do it better. And then they're happy, you're happy, and you've overcome and you've taken care of that rejection. So these are things that you have, the teachers who are, who are in this school have been out there in the real world. They understand and they can tell you the, th the things, you know, and then they turn out to be true. Yeah, you know, if, if they're paying for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you also learn things like uh, how to build your work. Um, I, 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 I was uh, offered a job. Uh, I, was a, I guess I was about 23, something like that. I was offered a job to do an ad that would appear in, in comic books, and it was uh, done in a kind of an Archie style. Mm -hmm. And it really did take, uh, you know, the ultimate effort on my part because I was already doing these little foot superhero characters. We call them little foot because they've got big muscles and little tiny feet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bigfoot is, Bigfoot is cartoon. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bigfoot is cartoon, you know, Mickey Mouse and this, because they got big feet and big hands. And Littlefoot is superheroes. they got little tiny feet and <laughs> big bodies like this. Anyway. So, uh, so this is sort of in between, kind of like Archie. Mm -hmm. And the uh, and the art director looks at my portfolio and says, yep, uh, okay, you can do it. And so he asked me, how much are you going to charge me for this? Now, in later life, I would say I would say that was his first mistake, but I didn't say it this time because I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't. So then I started to think, what is, what do I want to get for this? Now I've done this stuff for Johnstone and Cushing, who I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and I got about two hundred and fifty dollars for the ad, but and I, I really kind of like to get four hundred if I can get it. So I, and so I said. $400, and the guy leaned back and laughed, and he said, <laughs> and he said I don't think my account would write a check for less than $2,000, so we'll call it $2,000. Right. Wow. Yeah. Your face is You have to be really flexible. Yeah. Uh, Michael Sullivan and I did uh, a, a job for, uh, I think it was Dentsu Advertising, uh, uh, I think it was for Takara Toys. They, they had these little cars. We had to do, we had to build these little mock-ups of these little race cars. So we built one. Right? Mm -hmm. We brought it in and we're going to this big meeting, and you know, on Forty Second Street, and uh, we show them the, the the car we built. You know, Michael Sullivan is like you know his feet don't even hit the floor from the you know, he's sitting. On he's, he's like an imp. <laughs> He's like an imp. <laughs> like an imp. <laughs> if, you, if you describe somebody as an imp, it would be Michael Sullivan. And so they really loved the little prototype we built, you know, and uh, we hadn't even talked about what we were going to charge. They wanted six of them, and we had one, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, thought, I don't know. We really want more work from, from this company, so let's not gouge them, you know. So they said, well, how much do you want for this, you know? And uh, Mike says... Uh, 2000, right? And the guy doesn't bat an eyelash, you know? And he says, per car, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I kicked the bottom of Michael Sullivan's chair so hard. <laughs> and his little, his little butt sort of like <laughs> lifted off the seat. And before his butt hit the seat again, he said, yes! <laughs> so we literally made six times as much as we, we would have made it by, had Mike opened his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, 2,000 for everything. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 
um, th that's always a touchy thing. You got to learn how to go go in by feel, right? On stuff like that. I can teach you how to do it right now. <laughs> yes, I, I was going to ask. You I want exactly to know. how to do it right now. You, uh, it, the only thing that gave me this lesson was this stupid thing that happened to me. And then Larry, the same thing happened to Larry. Happens a lot of times. So what you do is this. You have uh, an idea of what this company, whoever it is, let's say you're doing a book cover or whatever, you have a pretty good idea what they're going to pay you, what they want to pay you. So mm -hmm. let's say you're going to do a book cover for somebody, and let's say they have $800, okay? You know from other people, you've checked around, $800 is good. If you can get $800, that's pretty good, mm -hmm. okay? So you go in, and they look at your portfolio and look at the stuff, and they say, yeah, we'd like you to do this. What are you going to charge? Now, as I said before, that's the first mistake they could make. It was, it's a really stupid mistake. Mm. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because they should, he should have said, well, we pay $800 for this sort of thing. And you're stuck. Yep. <laughs> you're stuck, that's what they pay, that's it. So what you, if they say, so what do you get, what do you want to get for this? So in your mind you go, well, normally they pay $800, then $1,000 would be a better price. So you double it. Automatically double it in your mind. And this is what you say, word for word, okay? I, the last job I did like this, I got $2,000, but I want to work with you. Just remember that. Just remember that. Last job, the last job. So let's job. talk. So, let's no, and and th now, they might say, oh, well, that's a little high for us, but we'll go for it. Or they might say, gee, we don't really pay that much. Uh, how about 1500 they will never go down to 800. They will right. never go down to 800 <laughs> because that's too far to go. You've, you, Correct, they've yeah. already accepted your work. Mm -hmm. So when they, when they say whatever, they, let's say 15 or let's say even 12, okay, two things have happened. One, they're going to go into their friend in the next cubicle and say, I talked this guy down from 2000. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and he went down for me. I think he really likes me. Right. One. Two. When you go and do the job, you're going to make $800 for doing the job, and you're going to make $400 in 14 seconds for saying the right thing. Right. Mm. $400 for just a few seconds of conversation used, uh, affected by the brain. The brain and the mouth said just the right thing, you've made $400. $800 is going to take you two days. $400, 14 seconds. It's the right thing to say. And it, it has nothing to do with if you've got a rep or, or, or whatever. It has to do with, you know, uh, people's perception of value. You know, yeah. that, you know, if you sell yourself cheap, you're cheap. You're cheap. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, you if, if you're charging, you know, a premium price, hey, he must be worth it. And it's a little lie. I mean, maybe the, I never worked for a guy who paid me $2,000. Maybe I did. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> you're all you're doing is placing your order on the table, and they're either going for it or they're, they're changing. They're sure. never going to do worse. You're never going to do worse. You're always going to do better. Mm. And the guy respects you, and he and he's basically you've done him a favor. You're one of his favorite artists now. You've mm -hmm. done him a favor. And now he's going to tell all his friends, like, I got Neil Adams for, for this price. For and this it's price. like... 
You yeah, drive such right. a hard bargain. <laughs> <laughs> and he went with me. And it's a, uh, this affects everything that we do in art. Every, anything you do, uh, any project you do, it, 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 no matter what it is, that's how, you, that's how you approach it. You always value yourself higher than double the price than allow them to talk you down. Because if you're right, it'll never go back down to eight. Like that that's right. Seems right. Like well, that actually it did how happen to us with one. Uh, we met a lady, uh, and she wanted us to do podcasts for her for her kids in school mm -hmm. remember and i'm like oh well, it's yeah. kids in school in my mind i'm like oh, i'm gonna totally do this for free but at the end when she got our <laughs> phone number she said oh and how much are you guys gonna try Bang. to come to the school <laughs> and i'm like it's, that's right well, normally <laughs> normally we would charge <laughs> right. like it's free right. Right. but okay. since it's for a school and it's for little kids we're flexible right <laughs> yeah I, from my perspective, I'm not in the art field, I'm in the tech field, but uh, I can also say that feeds into itself in that, and like what, what, what Larry's saying, is that you're then perceived as being of value, value yes. you know, like so when I get my work, like, oh, well, he charges because you know he's doing good work, you know, and so that helps build up. You know, you take those little small steps through the years, you keep going up and up and up. And so, in so in an art school like this, you're not only learning how to be an artist, you're learning how to comport yourself in business. And you have to respect yourself, you have to learn to respect yourself. I go to comic book conventions and an artist sign their signature for free. And it uh, makes me crazy and I go and I give them a hard time. <laughs> and make just, I just go and harangue them constantly for doing that. Because they have showbiz people at these same conventions. They'll have actors and they'll have voiceovers, they'll have people. And I will go to a booth, there'll be a voiceover girl, or guy, doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. who I've never heard of. And then she has a list behind her of the different voices she've do she's done in car cartoons and television shows. And I read the list and I don't recognize one name. <laughs> I have no idea who the hell she is. Mm -hmm. And she started charging $30 for her signature. Right. Really? And my friends, my fellow professionals, are charging nothing for their signature. Doesn't make people any sense. have real names, not, not like, oh, I'm the third zombie from the left. <laughs> 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 so, so I, you know, we're trying to make it so that people will charge for their names at these conventions, and uh, and the reason we do it is because it's a matter of self-respect. You don't yes. have agents representing you. You have to have that. You have to be able to say it yourself. Sometimes it's better to say it with a little sign in front of your table rather than <laughs> say it out loud because you know you don't sure. want to say all that. But all of these things come into the same into the same thing, acting like a professional. Right. You know. So we, so we have at the convention at Fanfare we have 125 tables more or less, mm -hmm. and we I got a bunch of them. You did get a whole bunch. You got like 25. Oh my gosh, he's got a whole <laughs> wing in the back of the cafeteria. That's right. You guys are gonna love it. But the uh, we set aside about uh, forty tables for the students, and the students. So what what we've done basically the the folks buying tables. I hope I'm not giving away too much here, but the folks who are paying for the tables, the professionals out there, they're subsidizing the rentals for the other for the student tables. So, this, so we give to which the is students. what we want to do. Yeah. I mean, you want to do that because you want the students to present their wares. Right. So so we then go to the teachers. We say let's get your top, we actually, because of the success last year, we got 70 kids who auditioned and they made it in. So those wow. 70 kids now get their tables, they get paired up or quad, quaded up or whatever, mm -hmm. and 
they we gave them a quick lesson and this is where they learn rejection (laughs) (laughs) and i have to tell you from last year again it was really amazing to see how many of them picked up last year black panther was coming out and we said start making your stickers about black panther start some of them didn't you know some of them you know had their own thing that was fine but you should see (laughs) (laughs) i got a print i got a print on it right so so they saturday they got it they kind of tested out what they were charging then sunday they you know sorry gave them a great mm-hmm. like rundown of what to do they brought their prices down they're like okay so merchandise it's got to go yep. yeah and so these kids you know listen these are 15 year old kids and they're getting this sharp crucible you know inter- introduction to what it is to be your own business they also they also have a when you go through that when you go through that process it's also a process of learning. You yeah. walk away from that, or you, let's say the, the end of the day and you go get a soda or you go get coffee. You're talking about what you did wrong. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do, I saw Joey do this. This was a great idea. Why didn't uh-huh. I do that? Right. So you walk away and you're preparing yourself for your next event. You're preparing yourself for your, your next uh, engagement with human beings uh-huh. and how you're gonna uh, be and how you're gonna bring your stuff to the table or to the table. Uh-huh. Uh, so you basically, it's all a learning process. Yeah. By doing, you learn. By doing, you learn, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. We had juniors last year. Now they're seniors, and they're like, I, I got, you know, I have a new strategy. I have new. We have sophomores that were looking on the sidelines. Now they're juniors, and they got a table. Like, okay, I got, I have really great ideas. You know, Captain Marvel's coming out soon. So there, we put that in their head to think about that, and uh, and again to surround them with. The alumni to show, look, to look laugh out. at them. <laughs> no, no, but to come to them and say, and th- and yes, that's what well. I really liked is that there was a lot of even we had creators that kind of came in. They weren't really sure. They were like, oh, this is interesting. This is a high school, and they kind of weren't. And then they got into it. They're like, oh, I see. I'm like paired up next to these two high school, and they're asking me questions, and Correct. you know, and it's maybe under normal circumstances everyone's out for themselves, whatever. But now here was like a sharing of ideas, and they're like, this is really impressive. I really like what I'm doing. Here's the other thing, okay, and it's tremendously important to say this and to say it on the air into uh, however many people we can. This isn't just uh, like a science show where the kids are showing their little science project. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're mixing professionals in with the students. And the professionals are there to give a professional qu- uh, nature and quality to what you're doing. So you can ask them questions, you get advice. They have product there, or they have books there, or they have uh, prints there that you can purchase. That you can that you can that you're doing a real business, so that the students are there learning the lessons from the professionals how to be at a comic book convention, how to do. So people who come to this convention are not coming to a little science show. They're coming to a professional convention that includes the students of this school. That's right. And that's what you, the, the people, the message that we have to get out there, and we hope that it will bring art directors from advertising agencies and from other places, fellow professionals who might be alumni, and even people who miss going to this school and may have gone to other schools that were not that quite so good. <laughs> Did I say that? I'm sorry. Important things that you can learn through. Uh, situation like this has nothing to do with you know technique or well, this is how you draw it in here or this is blah 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 but it's those little snippets that you get that change your way you think yes. uh, how you do it 
Uh, Which I think most, you guys had yeah. today already. One of the most important things I learned at Art and Design was uh, when I had Krigstein for a teacher and he made us all hand in a sketchbook on Friday. Mm. And one, one week I hand in the sketchbook and had one sketch in it. Mm. You know? And he says, uh, Mama, how come there's only one sketch in your sketchbook? And I said, well, I spent all week on it. And he looks at me like I'm pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, you know, before you do your first really good drawing, you got to do about 100,000 really sucky ones. And if I were you, I'd get that first 100,000 out of the way as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that, you know, made me real. you know, hey, you know, this stuff at this point isn't precious you know, paper is cheap, you know, I should, you know, if I'm laboring on something for a week and it's still not good, you know, I've been wasting my time trying to, you know, uh, make something out of a sow's ear, mm. you know. Like a silk purse. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot easier just to start all, start all over and get something fresh going out of your head. I got, a, I got a story too, because you've inspired this story, and I have to, I have to tell <laughs> the story. Okay. okay, so I had a, a watercolor teacher, really terrific watercolor teacher, just taught me everything I know about watercolor, and um, and he demanded again the sketchbook every week. Had you had to hand in a sketchbook, and I would hand, we would hand in sketchbooks, and he would pick certain people that he knew were smart enough to actually get it a little bit quicker than other people. And I was one of them. And so he would write perhaps his most critical, more critical notes in mind than he would write in other people, which was like, that's a favor you don't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. And he would say things like not explored sufficiently. You're doing a bunch of sketches and he's not explored sufficiently. And, and, and I would, I, I, one time I went up to him and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you have a sketchbook. It's a sketchbook. It's not, you're not doing a finished project. You're drawing sketches. So, there are things you can learn about what it is that you're drawing. If it's a ship, you can learn things about the ship. You can go different places on the ship and draw stuff. You should explore it. That's what the sketchbook is for, to explore things. So, well, okay. Did I like that? I guess I didn't like that, you know. and Because <laughs> I felt I was doing what I was supposed to do, be doing. Clearly, he didn't think so. So I decided I would do something that was perhaps not a good thing. Okay. I got one of my father's cufflinks, okay? Simple basic cufflink, had a simple design on it, and it had the cufflink mechanism in the back. And I, on, in my sketchbook, I drew it from one angle, right? And then I would put another angle, I'd draw it from another angle. Then I drew it from another angle. I'd go down the edge of the sketchbook, I did four drawings, and I did four more drawings. Then I flipped to the next page, and I did four more drawings, and four more drawings. I had 12 drawings of this goddamn, pardon me, had 12 <laughs> drawings of this darn <laughs> cufflink, <laughs> cufflink, right? And I handed it in, right? And he, I got my sketchbook back at the end of the class, and it said, not explored sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it was like, once again, you know, that punch in the head that you just kind of go, what the hell does that mean? Now, he was either right or wrong. He was either right or wrong. And clearly he must have been right because he's the teacher and I'm just a jerk. 
So I took the thing home, and I was you know, f- kind of fuming about it, you know. Very hard for me to get back to my comic book pages when you get a comment like that in your damn sketchbook. <laughs> so I'm looking at the sketchbook, and I'm looking at the cufflink, and I'm thinking, what if I were a camera inside that mechanism of that cufflink, and I drew it in perspective? So I kind of did that. I kind of blocked that out. What if I'm looking at it from this other point of view and I'm lighting with harsh light and all I get is a shadow. And I get a shadow and I draw the shadow. Every sketch I made from that point on was better than all 12 of those sketches that I did in the original sketchbook. He was not only right, he was so right that basically I was stupid. <laughs> he, he told well, me that uh, you know, the most that, obvious that, thing that, is that, that you really did directly didn't. to the, the, the best lesson I learned from, from you, Neil, is that uh, I was sitting next to him, and I was working on something, f- uh, I think it was a comp or something, and, and Neil was standing behind me eating a linzer tart, looking over <laughs> my shoulder. <laughs> linzer tarts are great, if you, can, <laughs> if you make them well. And uh, as he's like, you know, powdered sugar crumbs are falling on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, you're still settling, aren't you? I was like, like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? And and I turned to him and I said, what do you mean, settling? He says, well, you know, I I could tell that, you know, that in your head, you're seeing something 10 times better than what you're drawing here. Wow. you're settling for what you already know how to do and what you can get away with. You know, you've got, you know, these uh, four ears that you've memorized and these six hand gestures that you've memorized and they're like templates and you're just, you know, you're taking the easy way, you know, whereas, you know, if you, and then he went into this description of like, you know, well, you see the seed in your head, and you take this uh, hologram of it, you know, and then you walk around to the other side, and you look at it from the other side, and then you get the stepladder, and you climb up the stepladder, and you look at it from the top, and then you start to move the lights around <laughs> and look at it from every single angle before you take that, before you commit yourself to that shot that you were, oh, that's the easy shot, you know? Mm. And that was like a tremendous light bulb going over my first, because first you have to admit to yourself, that's what I do. And I'm taking the lazy way out. I'm doing the thing that I already know how to do. And then Neil said the, said the real clincher. He said, you know, every time you, you settle and you do that, the thing that you already know how to do, that's like going to the gym and doing one push up. But every time, that you try to do that thing that's really hard, that oh, I don't know if I can pull that off. That's like doing 100 push-ups. And yes, the first time you do that, the second time you do that, it may still suck. But the magic happens on that day when it stops sucking. And <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, yeah! Yeah, and, but, right. and that's such a, it seems like such a stupid, in afterthought, obvious, obvious thing, yeah. mm. but it's a major switch in the in the way you think about how how you do your work. Absolutely, you know. And I, there's a there's dozens of these things 
that have nothing to do with oh you know this is once again yeah, once again the, this. yeah this affects the basically the convention this is a community of conversation and and, and interaction that you don't know what the result will be but you have it to see if there's a result. I mean, not everything is predetermined. If, if it is, then, every, then life is boring. You have a convention like this, and people who might be out there and, and have no intention of coming to this convention w might be able to come and actually learn something. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what, and you can't tell them what it's going to be because you don't know. Because if they, they knew, then there's no reason to come. <laughs> That's why you do things that you haven't done the day before, because there's something new to learn. So this convention is for everybody. This is for the professionals that are coming back to school as alumni and uh, being guests of the convention. This is for the students, and this is for the people who are visiting, mm -hmm. who might be outside saying, oh, there's nothing for me to learn here. Of course there's something to learn. So there's always, there's always something. I'm, this is so inspiring, I'm also thinking you could these, you know, fanfare could also produce the next Neil Adams. It will. Larry it it <laughs> must. Yeah. It must. When you think about it, that's math. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Well, but the thing is, look at look at the list of alumni, you know, from art and design. You know, just in the comics field alone, it's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah. You know. No, it's a great school. It's a great school, and uh, and people ought to come and learn that it's a great school. Um, we want them to come. That is part. Of, that is part of the, the mission. Is to we've invited uh, middle schoolers, elementary schools to come to to showcase the school itself, so that they can see what it's about. Because because uh, the reality is is that it's kind of a jewel. I mean, a diamond in the rough. It's it's this great school, but what it was back in the 70s and, and 80s it's kind of gone through a transition art has always been uh, if, you know if we want to go historically in education art is always the first thing that gets you know cut funding wise whenever right yeah. it's always the it's the and as i was telling before in terms of academics you know if you're a brainiac you still just need a pencil and a paper yeah. and graph paper right well because but we know art isn't important right, right. yeah exactly <laughs> right stupid right ridiculous and meanwhile art pop culture has taken over this world yeah. you know like like the artists are the ones running the pop culture the, the machine you know yes. i mean all the movies all the television everything. shows all the computer right. games Everything, I mean, everything. Uh, right. everything. It really is, and, and uh, you get artists that there's a whole bevy of artists. You know, you, you watch the movies and you're and uh, and you're watching an Avengers movie, which of course is preferable to watching a DC movie. But I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 did I say? I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? Uh, really? Really? Well, Wonder Woman was pretty. Wonder Woman was pretty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I give it to Wonder Woman. I give it to Wonder Woman. No, wait a second. Let's be honest. Okay. okay, you go and you watch a DC movie, DC Comics movie. Yes. And you sit there and go, well, oh, thank God at the end of the week there's a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will preface that and say live action. Live right. action. Animated right. is good, right? Even the yeah. animated, that animated Spider-Man. Have you seen that thing? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's yes. my favorite movie of last year. Jeez. Wow. Unbelievable. Anyway, where, where were we going on this? <laughs> Industry, uh, uh, in, you know, talent, the, how it's taken oh, over. Oh, no. And the, at the end of the movie, you start. You look at credits, which you got to do every once in a while. You look at credits, and they go animators, model builders, and stuff. You go, holy cow! I don't know, know any of those names. Every once in a while, a name will come up. You know, Ronnie Del Carmen. 
He worked in our studio. There you go. It just rolls <laughs> on. <laughs> it just keeps on going. Who are all these people? Where do they go to school? You know, incredibly talented people out in Hollywood, making their living doing uh, animated movies and off of the work that we do in comic books. Yeah. And computer games. Mm-hmm. Um, computer games. I get royalty checks from computer games that I make more money on royalty checks than I've ever made in comics. Ever. Ever. They showed up at my studio. I, I, I opened the mail one day, right? <laughs> i got to tell you this. This is great. I opened the mail one day, and uh, there's two checks from DC Comics. And DC, look, I'm telling, I'm sorry, DC out there, I'm telling. Don't. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story, so relax. Okay. I got, I got, and they look like they're checks, right? And from DC, and and I open it up, and there's like they meant at the top of the thing, it mentions this computer game. Never heard of it. <laughs> Had no, <laughs> no idea. What the hell is this? And to, and it's and it then says Raz Al Ghul, which I basically created with Denny O'Neill and Julie Schwartz, mm-hmm. and it says royalty check for the quarter of blah blah blah, and it says one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh, wow. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? 162000 whatever it is. Oh, okay. $162,000, right? And, and I turned to uh, Pete over there. I go, do you know this computer game, Pete? Because <laughs> I just got a check here for $162,000. For a quarter. For a quarter. Sure. I opened the other envelope. And it's a check for sixty-eight thousand dollars, just to add to that, just to oh, pop it over two hundred thousand. <laughs> right. I never heard of this game. It's for it's for the second quarter. They just yeah. came at the same time. What the hell is that? I didn't make money like that. I don't make money like that in comics now. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Oh yeah. Well, the computer. You know, who who knows? Who knows? Who it's knew? incredible. I mean, I I got a call a, a bunch of years ago from. Uh, a woman named Sunshine Nakano. She said, you know, I'm in California and I work for a company called Blizzard. We we do video games and we, we, you know, we'd like you to come uh, and and talk to our writers and we'll pay you X amount of bucks and we'll fly you out. How much money? Oh, it was good. They flew me out out first class and I go, and I never heard of Blizzard. I, you know, I, well, I don't play games, you know. Go, but well, these guys would, ooh. Yeah. To me, like a game company is like, you know, 10 guys in a garage with a bunch of computers, you know. So <laughs> I, 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 I go out to this this place, and they, the, this limo picks me up, and it drives up to this thing that looks like, like, like Paramount. You know, it's like got this, this huge facility with a, a gate and a guard and... It looked like a movie studio, and I roll in, and it's like building after building, a commissary bigger than the than the Paramount commissary. Wow! And uh, I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had no no idea how gigantic, uh, you know, uh, online gaming was. Oh yeah. You know, and 
Well, like an issue of comic books, like what three bucks or something. And a game is fifty, sixty, seventy-five dollars, depending. Yeah, for now, unless it's a special edition, module for the beginnings, right? Yeah, and then you had the each then they, they, they monetize it annually. DLC content, yeah, yeah. DLC. yeah they have the con- You can add, you can put a red sweater on them for a dollar ninety-nine. Like, there you go, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. extra stuff. I'm right. doing that. Right. <laughs> I, I bought a game recently. And you're talking <laughs> about fifty million downloads. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you actually should have been making more money. (laughs) (laughs) But but who knew, you know? Uh, Well, the the weird thing is that we're we're discovering that the time and energy that we invested early on, okay, has turned into money and. And why? Because we signed pieces of paper. Yes. 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 We treated ourselves like we respected ourselves and we're business people. Right. So that is, imagine what that means to you if you don't do it compared to if if you do do it. You miss out on the, and I've had to defend comic book artists and writers, mostly comic book artists, who are at the end of their career and never got that piece of paper, never fought for anything. And they are basically going to go and get a manager shop at at a at a, at a Target store mm. because they haven't taken care of this mm. stuff and they haven't signed pieces of paper. So if I've had to go in, so I've had to go in. So if I've had to go in and fight for those things and get a piece of paper, and then that piece of paper may not seem important, but suddenly three years later they're getting royalty checks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, one of the guys who created Superman was working for the Photostat company. You know, delivering photostats to the messenger boy. Yeah, as a messenger wow. boy, that's he couldn't mm-hmm. afford an overcoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was delivering photostats to DC Comics. Wow! Give him give him a few uh, job. He'll be fine. He'll yeah. be okay. like, wow. Buy him a coat and tell him to get the hell out of it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, and that's not—it's not just Siegel and Schuster. Dick no, Ayers was the same thing. Dick Ayers—he basically ended his career with a basically nothing in his pocket. Yeah, Bill and Finger too. Right? And look at Russ Heath—you know, like Roy Lichtenstein, you know, just copied Russ Heath panels and sold these paintings for millions of dollars. That's right. You know, Russ said. You could at least set me a case of wine. A philosopher. Anyway, we're t- we're telling stories out of school, and we shouldn't be doing it. But yeah. let's keep talking. Right. Let's finish talking about the. Uh, I don't right. know how long do we are we going to do this? Uh, we're actually just rounding down to the oh, end. Okay. So, okay. so I mean, so get event. get everybody to come to this uh, this convention in New York. Get it to everybody and uh, let everybody know they should be there. Tell everybody. And you know why? Put, bring <laughs> mo- put money in your pocket before you leave the house because yeah. you right. know, we've got students that love to sell you their stuff. Bring singles. And even I. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Neil has a pen. I'm not cheap. Neil has a pen. <laughs> I'm not He's cheap at all. You know, we're talking about you don't learn art, but you can actually learn how to ink like Neil. He has a workshop on ink. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we haven't even mentioned Art Spiegelman is going to be there. Another alum from the school. There are a lot of other alum who are, who have tables. The alumni association is going to be there, mm-hmm. and we haven't even talked about. I mean, you know, we're talking about the the philanthropic side of it, but um, is entertainment side. Yes. Microsoft is going to be there with Xbox games, oh, wow. um, making lots of money. Yeah. So there's going to be um, uh, other companies with uh, toys and retro gaming and um, all sorts of things. We're going to have screenings going on. So it really is like anything and everything. It's it's just a festival, really. And it's that's the whole point is that 
to the people on to the general public. It's just a fun thing to come, you know, hang out and do. It'll be food and it's a comic so book on. convention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Another important point: it only costs fifteen dollars. It's so fifteen uh, bucks per bucks. day, twenty bucks for both that days. Seem like enough. I mean, the <laughs> price up there. Yeah, the the students <laughs> students can get in for five bucks. Um, it's at 245 East 56th Street, the High School of Art and Design, Friday uh, 16th and 17th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., both days. And it's our second time, and we hope to see you all there and to support both old and new creators and, and to get a chance to check out the school because we're very proud of it. Awesome. awesome. There so you go. With that said, uh, this was going to bring this episode to a close of the Ronnie Markell Make a Podcast show. Uh, we will end the show as we always do say, get out there and get nerdy. And the website is fanfarenyc.com. That's F A N F A I R E N Y C.com.